We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hello, Lakers Nation. Welcome in. Trevor Lane here for LakersNation.com. This is the LakersNation.com live postgame show. The Lakers, well, that wasn't any fun at all. The Lakers fall to the Denver Nuggets. They had the game tied at halftime, give up a huge Nuggets run in the third quarter. And then that was pretty much the end of the game from there. A few little pushes here and there from the Lakers in the fourth, but kind of a joyless game from the Lakers. A few little bursts, but for the most part, Kind of we're sleepwalking through much of this game. Strange, not what we've been seeing out of this team. Certainly the defense didn't look as good as we had seen the first few games. Lot to talk about tonight. A lot of things to break down. But first, make sure you are subscribing to the Lakers Nation YouTube channel as well as our podcast feed over on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever it is that you listen to podcasts. All right. I'm just going to dive right into the questions and comments. I know there's a lot of them. A lot of things for us to talk about. Um, Here we go. Renee. So it looks like the Pels will be picking top five. Well, you know what? I know a lot of people want to, we want to take these early results and just extrapolate them out over the entire season. They've played four games. They play 82 on the season. So I know there's a lot of doom and gloom and everything. And, and for good reason, don't get me wrong. There's plenty of reason for pessimism, plenty of reason for Lakers fans to be upset, for Lakers fans to be angry. That is all justified. But I wouldn't go counting the Pelicans getting a top five pick just yet. Again, long, long way to go. Long way to go. Once again, though, Lakers fans, be mad, be upset, be frustrated. You should be. You should be. Let's see what else we've got going on here. Uh, Chris said the offense, shaking my head. What is Ham doing so stagnant? Well, agree. There is a little bit too much stagnation. This team, there's some moments on the offensive end where they look like they're not quite sure what it is that they're exactly trying to do. Um, that's a concern. A lot of this came down to it. Once again, the three point shooting on the offensive end, um, they, man, they actually shot better percentage wise from three than the nuggets did shot eight for 30. The nuggets were nine for 34, which is 27% from the nuggets. Uh, the Lakers were well, 27% as well, but 0.2% higher for the Lakers. But uh, so the Nuggets shot poorly from uh, three as well in this one. But you can see how many times throughout the game where the Lakers, they do something good. They move the ball. They generate a great wide open look. Blank time and time again. That outside shooting is absolutely crushing 
their offense. I would have to imagine, I'm not saying their offense looks good otherwise, but you'd have to imagine if teams actually had to defend them behind the three-point line, yeah, some things are going to open up for them if they had if they uh, were living in that world. Brandon, we need Josh, Doug, and uh, Jakob. Look at their stats tonight. Any other deal than the Spurs, uh, and we will still effing suck and trade none for Reddish. Well, I don't know if the Knicks are doing that anymore because Reddish has been uh, solid for them. Lakers tried to get Reddish, had Reddish, they thought, last year at the trade deadline, and uh, the Knicks and the Raptors couldn't figure out life, and so that deal didn't get done. But uh, Josh Richardson, Doug McDermott, Jakob Pertl, those are guys that the Lakers could potentially trade for with the San Antonio Spurs. Um, Richardson and McDermott plus three-point shooters could you give, give you some floor spacing. Pertl gives you some size inside. How many times did we see the rebounding issue pop up? I mean, when you're looking at this game, those three guys would check the boxes of a lot of the problems that the Lakers had in this game. So I understand it. Joining me, Sean Spaces Davis. Sean, how you doing? Uh, a little frustrated, obviously, uh, coming off that loss. But, um, you know, ready to dive into it all with you all. And uh, thanks for having me back on, Trev. All right. Let's get into it here. Senpai NFT says still the lone person pushing for the Pistons trade. Pistons. Boyan was insane offensively tonight. He did have a really good night. Uh, look at the Bur look at Burks, 40% three-point shooter and good wing defender. Noel, a legit rim protector, both have turnovers, uh, team options, and Boyan Bird writes. So in 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 a way, that Pistons deal, it's similar to what we're talking about with the Spurs, where you would get a traditional big, you're getting, and then two shooters two wing shooters do you have a preference if that was and, and we haven't heard this pistons deal like potentially being out we've heard the lakers and spurs have talked we've heard the lakers and uh pacers have talked this pistons deal i don't think we've heard from any legit sources that it's actually out there but if both those were out there you could get either set either trio of players what would you prefer mcdermott richardson Pirtle, noel Boyan and Brooks. Richardson, McDermott, uh, Pirtle. Mm -hmm. I think you get like if top three players and out of those six, two of them are from San Antonio um, with Richardson and, and Pirtle. Um, Pirtle really solves, helps solve the rebounding battle, also helps ADB yeah. the floor a lot more. Pirtle also has experience playing in a similar style of offense where he can rack up three, four, five, maybe, maybe even six assists in, in any given game. Um, and the Josh Richardson, good 3 and D player. And plus, you get a Doug McDermott who can knock down shots. It's a Lakers desperately need players who can do that right now. Yeah. And again, I do think and the battle of the boards wasn't terrible, but it was just it, loud. It, it was loud. The moments where they didn't get a rebound, they really should have. They just missed box outs and things yeah. like that. Um, in this game, you had 54 rebounds from the Nuggets, 47 for the Lakers. So again, not terrible. Nine offensive boards for the for the Nuggets, seven for the Lakers. Again, not, ter not, not terrible, but those moments where they missed those opportunities just loomed large. Uh, the free throw line was, I think, the deciding factor in, in this game or a big factor here. 21 free throws for the Nuggets. They hit 17 of them, 81%. The Lakers just 11 for 16. That's 69%, which in this case was not nice. Um, Shin said, I just want to watch a good game. Is that so hard? Going... 0-4 complicates matters even more so. I'm doubting Palenka can turn this around with one trade. So to address the first part, this was a pretty joyless game. Even LeBron 
like it felt like he didn't have the energy through much of this game until he tried to kind of turn it up in the fourth quarter. Felt like LeBron was kind of just cruising through this one. It's so just it wasn't fun to watch this game. Um, for I mean, there was the what right at the end of the half when LeBron threw the lob to AD. That was probably the most exciting moment of the game. Uh, yeah, just not a fun game to watch, and that's what we've kind of been seeing from this team. And now, can Palinka, can you fix this with one trade if you're able to get three players? I think fix it. Like, are we gonna be like winning a title? Who knows? Make this team watchable. Can you get? Can you clear that bar? <laughs> can we see somebody knock down a, a perimeter jumper? Basically, yeah. Um, yeah, I think so. I think personally, again, maybe I just I'm just in love with the Spurs trade. But again, I really think those three players fit well with the Lakers. And um, yeah, I, I think that trade in, in particular. Like, if you do a Pacers trade, just those two guys. And eh, if you did uh, the Hornets deal. It depends on my iteration of it. Honestly, right now, the Pacers might be a little bit lower for me, Trevor. I might prefer okay. Charlotte and San Antonio over Indiana right now. So tonight, Miles Turner did return to action right. uh, for the Indiana Pacers tonight. Uh, Buddy Heald obviously uh, played as well. Now, they did get blown out by the Bulls. Miles Turner, 1 for 7 shooting, 0 for 4 from 3. So didn't shoot the ball well. Six boards, four blocks, though, for him. Buddy Heald, 8 for 16 shooting. 7 of 12 from 3, 24 points uh, in this one for Buddy Heald. Uh, some good, some bad there. But I think you can make an argument for a lot of these different deals. Uh, Jared Chalker said, We look markedly worse tonight without Russell Westbrook. It's been really bewildering to see this team and how it's been set up considering Rob's extension. Just wow. What, what do you think? What was the impact of no Russ on the floor tonight? Was it noticeable? Was it positive? Was it negative? What did you What did you think? Honestly, I thought for the first half, the biggest difference was just like they don't have energy. I don't know if that's a rust thing or that's a the team got off the plane and they just looked deflated. Um, but, you know, in the third quarter, it wasn't going to matter who was on the floor. They couldn't get stops. They couldn't score. So I feel like that might have been the biggest thing. So maybe that is a rust thing. Rust is supposed to be the I'm going to play hard every single possession, sure. yada, yada. Um, but like through the first half and we – We've seen a, a consistent trend, Trevor, that defensively take out the third quarter. Defensively take out the third quarter tonight. Through the first four games, the Lakers have looked significantly better with Russ off the, uh, not on the floor. And the spacing had looked considerably better uh, without yeah. Russ on the floor. And Jokic is defending Russ if Russ is on the floor late in the game, right? right? Yeah. Right. And uh, I thought that was still true as well. I thought the spacing was really, really good tonight. Or well, not really, really good. It was a lot better. It was a lot better than the spacing was. They went zone, but, I mean, I'd go zone with or without Rust on the floor, honestly. Um, it's just about getting them out of it. So, I mean, for the most part, they just didn't They didn't show up to play. If they showed up to play and you don't have a such a bad third quarter, this is a different game. And then about Rob's extension, I mean, to me, it just shows that this this the extension was not based on merit. It was more based on Trust. what what else is going on around. Maybe you know it could be relationships. It could be um, it could be not wanting Rob to feel like he had the pressure to go make a save my job type of trade and then setting the team back further um, because we see we saw that happen. I mean the Lakers got burned with that with Luol Deng and Timofey Mozgov. That's what happened in that situation um, with those contracts, but. 
it, it's not a great look. And this is why. This is why this got done. You know, Frank Vogel got fired. Rob got his extension. The Lakers kept quiet about it. It doesn't come out for months. The reason why they didn't announce it is because they knew that looks terrible. The coach gets fired for a terrible season and the guy who put the roster together gets an extension? That's not a good look. And that's why it took months for it to come out. They hired Darvin Ham and can kind of move on. Look, it's the decision the Lakers have made to stick with Rob Palenka. Rob's brought a championship, right? He's done some good things. I'm not going to say everything's bad, but I understand why Lakers fans are frustrated when they see this roster because they just went through a season where they couldn't watch the games, where it was really hard to sit through a game. And now it feels like, oh no, here that is again. And the roster construction is looking pretty rough, especially with this with this three-point shooting being so bad. Um, the energy was the biggest thing for me tonight, just seeing that kind of look yeah. off. I don't know if that was a rust thing or not. I think I'll tell you what, Sean, just to, I know I'm rambling here, but no, no worries. My biggest takeaway, looking at this, if this is how all of the non-Russ games look. My biggest takeaway is not, oh my gosh, the Lakers need Russ. It's the Lakers need to trade Russ. They can't just send him home. You yeah. know what I mean? Like you no, have to, sense. you have to replace that forty-seven million dollar contract with production. Mm-hmm. You, just sending him home is not clearing the air and sending Russ home and moving on. That is not going to be enough of a positive. Maybe not a positive at all you have to get something for him. This is apparently the third time in the past nine seasons the Lakers have gone 0-4. So that's yeah. nice. Not not a good thing under uh, Jeannie's watch. Certainly not something she would be uh, proud of. Javante said, Kyrie this summer. You have to ask him to take a pretty big pay cut to do that, depending on what's out there for him. Russ will be gone before camp. Uh, before the season, 20 games in, the shots will fall. When will we learn it's over before it started? Oh, you're talking about this past summer. Uh, saying they're going to get Kyrie. Russ will be gone before camp. Yeah, I mean, look, everybody. I think the Lakers thought Russ was going to be gone before training camp. The Lakers, I mean, look at the way they put this roster together. It's not a roster that's built to have Russell Westbrook really on it. Um, they they brought in Dennis Schroeder. They did all these things. Um, 20 games in, now they're saying maybe they'll move him by then. Look, when they made the decision not to do the Indiana trade right before media day, they they knew that it, they probably weren't going to be able to. If they start 0-4, 0-5, whatever, they're probably going to have a hard time turning around and trading them immediately. You're going to have to wait and get into the season a little bit before other teams are ready to make deals. So I think that's something that matters. Uh, the shots will fall. I, I still believe that over the course of a season, eventually the averages will improve a little bit. Um, they should be. They shouldn't be a 21% three-point shooting team, but you you gotta you gotta knock down shots at some point. And it is, Sean, we do it on the live stream. We're we're just in disbelief over the number of misses on just wide open looks. The looks that teams teams scheme to get these kinds of looks, and the yeah. Lakers are given these looks and just cannot knock them down. I think we were just we're, we're at this point just laughing every single time, like a miss on a wide open corner or slot three. We just laugh. Maybe it's laughing to to stop ourselves from crying, but like it's it's become comical and really really quick. Uh, Darvin Ham says in order for the Lakers to create a culture, they have to remain competitive and play hard for an entire forty eight minute game. So 
pretty uh, a little bit of an indictment there from Darvin Ham. Sounds like he um, you know, he doesn't think his team played hard this game, and, and also, I would agree. Also, sorry to cut you off there. Last point: uh, Darvin Ham also says Anthony Davis is fine despite the shot he took to the back. He is fine. Okay, well that's good. He did he grabbed his back a bunch of times during the game, so we'll see. Yeah. All right. Um, next one. Joey C said the way Davis and Jones set screens is an embarrassment. Barely any contact. If any, no wonder we can't score efficiently in pick and roll. This team is gross. Well, part of it, you're not scoring in pick and roll because teams are just throwing everybody into the paint to stop the roll because they don't worry about the shooters. They don't worry about the kick out to the shooter. But on top of that, uh, Davis not getting a lot of contact on screens with his back bugging him. I'm not that mad about that. I'm not going to be that mad about Davis not setting that screen uh, hard, but Jones, yeah, he should absolutely be getting more contact on screens and then rolling harder. Just, but it's not even just the screens; it was everything in this game. Just felt like it lacked uh, urgency, lacked an intensity, lacked an lacked aggressiveness from the Lakers tonight. It just felt like they did not show up to play this game. I will make a quick point and add on, just based off how they played their offense and their motion stuff and their uh, half court sets um a lot of the times especially with uh anthony davis um they are having him slip it early slip the screen or ghost mm-hmm. the screen or whatever granted i will agree that when it's time to actually set it they don't do a good job of actually hard setting it and they miss contact but a decent chunk of the time they have them actually slip it or ghost it or you know just touch and then uh slip to the basket that way also if you hard set it you can open yourself up to a team potentially uh, trapping LeBron and things like that, which you would like to avoid. Uh, Solzy said, this is 100% Palinka's fault. You got LeBron James and Anthony Davis, and this is the squad you build. It's a little bit more complicated than that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, this is, and look, you can say, was it Palinka's fault for making the Russell Westbrook trade? Because that certainly is, has a domino effect that, means that you got to build a roster full of veteran minimum contracts. And this is kind of what you wind up getting. Um, there's a lot of blame to go around here. I don't think I can say it's 100% any one entity's fault. There's plenty of blame. You can go, you can blame LeBron. You can blame AD. You can blame the front office. You can blame Jeannie. You can blame Rob. You can bl- blame Russell Westbrook. You can blame lots of different things. Plenty of blame to go around. There is no shortage of blame in this situation. Chat. Liam Andrew, today was the final straw. It's time to trade Russ. I hope we wake up and like look at my phone. It's nine o'clock in the morning. Shams bomb. Because I feel great. like at some point you have to have a sense of urgency. And I still feel confident that when you've seen this team at its best through four games, for one, for the most part, it's been without Russ facts over feelings guys the lakers have been at their best their best stretches have been without russ um and then like i don't know this the second half against the clippers if i recall second quarter and you know portion of that third quarter against the clippers um i'm at fourth um that portland game besides the last four minutes for the most part you you sit back as a fan and you have to as a roster evaluate be like man this team could be really really good but what's the piece that we're missing? We're missing some shooters, and there's only one contract that we can get something with, and it is Russell Westbrook, who also mm-hmm. is the guy 
that we have not been the best with when they're on the floor. So I, I hope, man. Uh, there are YMCA pickup teams that shoot better. Man, we might, they might need to throw us out there, Trev. <laughs> they might. Lakers. They might. Uh, Kenny, LeBron stops the ball movement a lot too much ISO. I did not think this was a good LeBron game at all. His his energy level was strange. It looked like he was kind of a little bit too nonchalant with his passes. What did he finish? He was at eight turnovers, I think, towards the end. Did he finish with that? Uh, I think he had eight. Yeah, eight turnovers for LeBron. That's way too high for, for LeBron James. I, I thought there were a number of times where it just didn't look like he was really pushing down on the gas pedal. Uh, still finished with a decent stat line, 19 points, seven boards, nine assists, one steal. But, I mean, look, if we're going to criticize Russ for putting up stats and not producing, not really being that efficient or that effective, I think it's only fair if we do the same with LeBron. I did not think this was a good LeBron performance despite the stat line looking okay. In fact, this was a game where it felt like LeBron just, he just looked like he was a step off the the entire game. Yeah, this, this, was, this was a bad LeBron game for sure. And I'm going to say it for a second time, this was a bad LeBron game for sure. For sure, chat. Make sure we're <laughs> on the same page. Mario Hernandez, if Schroeder returns and plays like he did in Eurobasket, don't trade for Rogier, but trade for wings that can shoot and a center that can help AD. I think there's a there's a decent um, argument for that. If you believe Schroeder can absorb some of those minutes at the point guard position, then yeah, you want to go and, and get more wings. I think that would be the bigger help. Yeah. And Cough, maybe even a big call definitely coughs first trade there. Oh Get man. Two wings and a big. I don't know what happened, Trev. I don't I don't even really want to put this up, but here I'm gonna put this up. Aaron says, What do you have to say now? This is one of those Russ stands that's making the, the victory laps at this moment. Russ in shackles in this vile team. Now, Russ made the decision to not play in this game and then danced into the arena. I think we need to set that straight. <laughs> Um, with a hamstring injury. How can you even like this team? Shows how you are. Russ is better than all of you. You paid $5 to send that? Next <laughs> comment. Here's the thing. When people say, how can you can you like this team? Man, look, this team, for me and for a lot of Lakers fans, is not a player. You want to follow a player around for 10 years? Go ahead. I'm not going to tell anybody how to be a fan and how not to be a fan or that one group's better than another or anything, right? There's lots of different ways to support basketball and to enjoy basketball. So if you want to follow one player, that's fine. But when you say, how can you even like this team? It's because from my perspective, you don't go jump to another team when the team is bad. That's that's just not the way I was brought up. That's not the way I've approached sports. That's not the way that I've looked at things. Now, some people do, and again, more power to them. But when you ask me, how can you even be a fan of this team? Because I grew up on them. It's in my blood, right? My earliest memory is literally of watching the Lakers, watching Showtime, watching Magic, watching Kareem. I think the downside to being a player-only fan is what happens when that player stops playing. Well, yeah. you, go and, you go and you attach yourself to another player, right? You go, okay, well, uh, all right, Russ isn't playing anymore, so now I'm going to go follow this guy. Okay, now... Now, you know what? I'm a Zion fan. I'm going to go follow Zion Williamson. All right, I'm a Zion fan. Whatever he, team he's on, I'm going to cheer for. And look, that's fine if that's how you want to consume sports. But there's a transient nature to that type of fandom that just isn't in me in terms of my core and how I consume sports. So when you ask, how can you be a fan of this team? How can you support this product? Because it's not just a decade of watching one player's career. 
It's been decades. It's generational. That's why. I, I'm not going to respond. One, because Trevor already did the responding <laughs> for me. Two, I don't think we should uh, respond to trolls, especially because I'm not credentialed, so I don't have the right to respond. Oh, going with the credential route. I like it. Uh, Wicked Bronco. I don't I don't know why Rob thought this team was good enough to wait until Thanksgiving to trade. We had the Heald and Turner trade basically done. They, I mean, done, done, guys. Like, it was done. If Rob doesn't get on the phone now and call the Pacers and get it done, season is over. Um, Yeah, like, I, I don't know how much of it is the Lakers aren't, and, and we heard there was the rumor going around, I think it was earlier today that it started, that the Lakers haven't made calls yet uh, on trades. Um, but how many teams right now, I don't know if it's like the Lakers saying, oh, no, no, we're waiting till Thanksgiving versus how many teams are saying, oh, no, no, we're waiting till Thanksgiving. Like, even if the Lakers are calling all these different teams, who is ready to execute a trade right now four games into the season? The Pacers. That's that's probably about it, right? Maybe you can talk me into San Antonio. But, like, Charlotte, if I'm Charlotte, I'm waiting until, like, yeah. Thanksgiving. Like, like they if you're going to do it now, you're going to want everything. everything you're going right. to want a killer deal. Right. If you're going to like, do this, if you're going to do a deal right now. And Charlotte looks all right. So, like, you could talk yourself into if you're, the, if you're in the Hornets organization and you're in the, uh, um, or if you're Steve Clifford, like, hey, you know, we're, we're playing okay basketball. So, we're going to get LaMelo back at some point. Let's just wait, right? Mm-hmm. So, Yeah, that's the that's the thing. So I don't know how many opportunities are out there. Woj said it was only what they had over the summer. In theory, that should mean the Pacers deal is out there. But if you're the Pacers, if Rob calls you up right now and you're the Pacers, aren't you saying, well, you know what? We're living in a different world than we did just a week ago, a week and a half ago, whatever it was, two weeks ago. Now we want both your first unprotected plus second rounders. Aren't you doing that if you're the Pacers right now and you're seeing what's going on with the Lakers? The Lakers don't have any, and this is going to trigger some people, but the Lakers don't have any leverage right now. Um, for starters, like all these other teams that Lakers need to trade with, except maybe the Pacers, have looked fairly decent. Um, and like, like you mentioned, Trevor, the way the Lakers are playing right now, the fact that uh, I think it was Woj or maybe it was Shams actually that said the Lakers are uh, viewed as a team that is desperate right mm-hmm. now. Um, so Lakers don't have leverage right now, and uh, it's not looking good. It's going to be hard for them to get a good deal. Always winning said, I can't help but laugh. It's all you can do to prevent from crying. Yeah. Yeah. Jeff Lev, appreciate the, uh, the super chat there. Yep, appreciate it. Thank you very much. Uh, Carlos said, y'all going to find a way to blame Russ for this one? No. And you know what? Look, we've said it. I've said it a bunch of times since the season started. It's not all Russ. In fact, I've said it's more the shooting than anything else. I did a whole show. In fact, I did three shows where I said that multiple times. Uh, LeBron, two for eight from three, eight turnovers, shaking my head. Reeves, minus 21. Davis, minus 21. AD is playing hurt. And you can tell uh, sad. Yeah, look, I mean, AD grabbing his back multiple times during the game. It does not is not great. That's not great. That's worrisome. That's concerning for moving forward. What's that going to look like? All I'm going to add on to that is, I mean, this wasn't pretty, 
but let's not use plus minus as the stat to indicate that. Not in a single game. Over the course yeah. of half of a season, it becomes more relevant, but a single, yeah. We're not going to make it this year. Again, it's four, it's four games, so there's a long way to go. But based on what we've seen so far, yeah. Look, unless something changes drastically, you would look at this team and say, well, this team looks like they're on the verge. We said their defense was great for the first three games. Can they continue to do that? I don't think they did that tonight. And can the three-point shooting ultimately come around? If their defense stays at that super high level, that elite level that it was at, and the three-point shooting comes around, then you're winning some games, and then you got something. Tonight, the defense was not good, and the three-point shooting did not come around, and there's you get your result. Jay Singh, I think this is important. Can we talk about the refs? It's so bad that it takes the energy out of the team's effort. I've yet, and this is not why the Lakers are losing, but four games, and I've yet to see a game that I thought was properly officiated. Yeah, I thought Golden State was fine, or like it wasn't like as egregious. Like the past three games have been bad. Again, you didn't lose tonight. And again, this other one, uh, talking about the refs as well as other super chat. Thank you for a super chat, NG. Um, but like, it's so frustrating where you have possessions where the defense plays spectacular for 22 seconds. And I don't know, a just a really bad swipe through or you know, a, a sweeping a leg out three and the offense gets bailed out. And now you're not rewarding the defense for having a spectacular defense. possession. Yep, exactly. And it's just frustrating, man. It is frustrating. But again, and LeBron definitely doesn't get his calls. He's, like the worst officiated uh, superstar in the NBA by far. It's not even close. You have dudes who are barely all-stars who get officiated uh, better and get more comfortable calls than LeBron James does, which is insane. Um, but, you know, refs weren't the reason why this team lost tonight. That's that's what I've been saying, was that the real danger here, given how well the defense is played and the energy you have to put in to play well on the defensive end of the floor, that energy will almost always wane if you're losing because you're not getting the positive reinforcement that a win provides for that yeah. effort, right? If you're just putting in effort, putting in effort, putting in effort, and it's not going anywhere, eventually you're going to stop putting in the effort, right? And so it's, that's the concern. It's almost like a kid, like getting good grades in school and like encouraging him like, hey, look, you do this, you get good grades, here, here's your reward, right? Keep getting good grades you can keep getting these rewards and mm -hmm. the lakers are defensively getting the good grades but they're not getting the rewards they want actually they're getting penalized for having good grades and you know they're like well screw it you know why I, i'm not gonna study i'm not gonna <laughs> um, study i'm gonna fail this quiz tonight tyquaria said the show shows a trade needs to be done now it, it certainly looks like they need something they need some some more firepower here uh, Lakers, uh, Joan Oliva said the Lakers fans need a protest outside of crypto at this point for Rob to do something. I'm not going to go that far. That ended up being, and that was a few years back. That was before LeBron and everything. That was, that was uncomfortable at, at best. I don't know if that was the, the best look. Yeah. Uh, see why not said media is being so toxic nowadays saying AD is the main issue for the Lakers when he's been their best player, even criticism of Kawhi for missing a few games coming off an ACL injury is ridiculous. Um, could you could you imagine, like, AD is already getting people attacking him. Imagine if AD was Kawhi and sat out games already this season. 
for some reason, other players are relatively immune and don't get the target that Anthony Davis does. And I feel for him in that way. Um, but I'm not saying it's wrong to sit out Kawhi. I'm just saying you notice the response is different to other players who sit out compared to the response that Anthony Davis gets anytime he gets hurt or hobbled or whatever. Um, I thought AD was the best Laker tonight. I thought it wasn't particularly close. How many games does AD, if we're being completely honest, and this is going to surprise some people, LeBron's has the highest point per game average and probably has the better stats, you know, but I think AD's been the best Laker so far. And I know Matt said that on the last show, I believe. And looking back and thinking about it, AD makes the impact on the defensive end of the floor while also, you know, getting his, his shots as well offensively. Um, and, you know, just, you know, my advice, you know, I'd personally tune out the, you know, crappy, you know, sports broadcasts, debate hot shows, takes. hot take shows. Like, it, what they said about AD the other day, it's just comical, dude. Like, it's just disrespectful to AD. It's disrespectful, like, you're showing how much you've actually watched Laker basketball this season. You probably read the stat sheet, and then you went to go talk to a camera. But uh, Esham said, Shaman, Shannon Sharp was right. This Lakers team swapped out old players who couldn't defend uh, or shoot for young players who can't defend or shoot. Um, I, I I wouldn't agree with the first part of that. I think that they've got young players who can defend. I think that's what we've seen through the first four games. If you take the first four games now tonight, I didn't think they defended well. But if you look at the first four games in general, you'd say, okay, this team can defend at a much higher level than last year's team could. I think that's pretty clear. I will say, yeah, they, they still are not shooting. In fact, they're shooting ridiculously poorly at uh, at this stage of the season. Yeah. Vector Nova, it's sheer comedy that I've seen the Jazz play better-looking basketball than the Lakers. That's just a, a fact. It's also funny to think that we thought we traded THT to a tanking team, but that team is tied for the first seed. I don't think they want to be. I'd imagine there's got to be a little bit of nervousness within Utah right now, within the Jazz front office, because they keep winning. And that's not really what they want right now. But in any event, you're, you're right. You're not, you're not wrong. The Jazz, organizationally, the Jazz are trying to lose, and they look better than the Lakers do right now. Also, also really, really quickly, it's not like Taylor and Tucker's a big reason why they're 4-1. and one. Like He's averaging, what, barely seven points per game? Uh, but tip my hat off to Will Hardy, man. I love the the hiring when they went to go grab him. Young, up-and-coming head coach. I haven't caught too many jazz games so far, but uh looks like he's doing a really good job up there, and I'm happy for him. Uh, Anthony Davis on Spectrum said, again, his back feels feels fine. He's, he's okay, he says, despite irritating it a little bit. So that's good that's to know. Here. They're definitely going to need him. Uh, do you believe a, a better... A better trade than a Pacers trade is coming. That's the question. Hopefully it's the Spurs. Right. Okay. So so last season, we saw everybody tell the 76ers, you got to move Ben Simmons. Get this done. Move him. What are you waiting for? You're wasting all of this salary on your books. And you're and it's right now just completely going to waste. You're wasting a season of Joel Embiid. All of that. Not the exact same situation, but some of the same conversations. Ultimately... They got the guy they wanted. They waited, and they got the guy they wanted. They got James Harden. Wouldn't have guessed that they would have got him at the start of the season. Wouldn't have thought that would have been possible. They did. 
I wonder if Rob and the Lakers are looking at that situation and saying, you know what? This is tough. But look, the 76ers gutted it out. And in the end, they got what they wanted. I don't know what it is exactly that they want that they think is going to be so much better than the Pacers deal. I don't know that waiting 20 games really changes much. Does something better really come along? But obviously they think so because they didn't do the deal when it was right in front of them the night before media day. Oh, man. Benjamin Mason, we scapegoated Frank Vogel this hard for this. I've seen this a I've seen this a lot on Twitter, and I, last season. I get it, right? Frank Vogel did get wronged. He got wronged completely, 100%. I'm not going to dispute that. But from a basketball standpoint, from a schematic X's and O's standpoint, for the most part, the energy standpoint, and in terms of the head coach getting the most out of, the, out of his roster provided to him, no matter how good or how bad it is, this is a massive upgrade compared to last season, right? And we'll get to the master lock in a sec, I'm sure. But in terms of their coaching for this team is a massive upgrade schematically on both ends of the floor and how Darvin Ham is optimizing or trying to optimize the players he has uh, to his disposal. Um, so I get it. Frank was wronged, but like, let's calm down. Uh, yeah, look, Frank Vogel... He part of the blame falls on Frank, but I also felt like the majority of the blame did not belong to him. If we were to, to divide up the blame, the majority should not have gone to Frank Vogel, but he, I don't think he improved the situation, but when I look at everything, was it, was it Frank Vogel, the guy to take the fall for the season and everything was going to be solved by replacing him? Not necessarily. I, I, I like Darwin as a head coach and I'm curious to see what he can do from here. But the Lakers organizationally, and we heard Jeannie say this a few times, that was their big move. Jeannie mentioned a few times in interviews that that was, people said, well, Jeannie, you know, why didn't you guys make a big move? She said, we got Darvin Ham. That was your big move. That's not, that's missing what the problem really was, though, I think. Yeah. Uh, Alex Lewis, third game in a row that the Lakers have been one or two contributors away from a win. We got to figure out what is wrong with none. None. I mean, hey, he scored. He didn't score in the three previous yeah. games, but none. Four for twelve shooting. One of four from three. Four boards. One assist. Nineteen minutes. Nine points. Three turnovers. It was a better performance, I guess. But question mark? Question mark? But I mean, he was what zero for ten coming into the game or the last couple of games. So it was better, but. Yeah, he's not giving you that boost that you were hoping you would get out of Kendrick Dunn. He doesn't certainly doesn't look like the guy we saw at the beginning of preseason. Yeah. Getting him back on track is going to be important. Trevor, really, really quick before we hop all over to the next Super Chat. Uh, what were your thoughts on the starting five? What, do you like it going forward, if, especially if Russ is potentially coming off the bench? Is this your starting lineup going forward that we saw tonight? Or what, what are you thinking there? I mean, on paper, it's interesting. Um, you know, Austin Reeves was two of three from three on this one. I'd like to see him shoot a bit more uh, on paper. It's interesting, but when you lose a game like this, you've got to evaluate everything and consider what you're going to do there. I, I do wonder if is Lonnie Walker better suited to be a scorer coming off the bench. Good like that's, that's where I think a trade could normalize things a little bit. 
if you could find if you could get another quality starter to put into the mix here maybe another yeah. two ideally um and then next thing you know okay now Lonnie's scoring punch off the bench Kendrick Nunn can provide that as well you've got it just your overall depth can improve so much because it feels like there's guys who are being asked to do things that's probably just a little bit above what they can actually provide yeah also, Austin Reeves, really quickly, last two games, well, through the season now, he's 40%, 4 for 10 from three. He needs to shoot more, I think. He's four for seven in the last two games. So he's shooting the ball more. And I mean, um, Parth said, I'm exhausted. When can you see the first win coming? This is sad. I'm not even so, going to respond anymore. Like, I'm going to be pleasantly surprised. When it happens, here's yeah. the schedule. Next up, Friday, Timberwolves. Then we see these same Nuggets, but it's in LA on Sunday. Then it's New Orleans on Wednesday. Are they winning any of those three? I want to say yeah, but again, I'm just gonna you know surprise me. I want to say yes. Yeah. Then it's Utah, Cleveland, Utah again, Clippers, Sacramento, Brooklyn, Detroit, San Antonio. So as we get into November, it starts to lighten up a little bit. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Man, it's not easy. I, I can't look at a game and say, I think the next game where the Lakers are favored to win might be the 11th, November 11th against Sacramento. Not even the Jazz. No, yeah. no, sorry. I, I skipped the Jazz. I think they'll be favored against the Jazz, but even though I think Utah is actually good. But I think where the doom and gloom is really going to hit another level is if they lose November 4th against Utah. Oh, man. If we lose next Friday to Utah. And Utah won again tonight. Yeah. And they won getting four points out of Kelly Olenek. Now, Lowry Markinen did stuff for them. Jordan Clarkson's been good for them. But still. Lose either of those games to Utah, matter of fact. And it's, oh yeah, it's big trouble. And like, this Utah team blew out uh, Denver, beat Minnesota, and then I think Zion got hurt in towards the end of this Pelicans game with them. But, like, still, you beat the Pelicans. Like, they're they're playing really good ball right now. Kudos to them. Yeah, they absolutely are. They absolutely are. Uh, Pacers trade isn't enough to fix this. Keep the picks. That's the danger here, right? If you're, if you're hoping to see a trade, the danger is that the Lakers front office looks at this and says, we can't save this. This isn't worth saving. And then says, you know what? We're better off effectively punting and we'll regroup in the summer when we've got cap space and potentially three picks to trade. Cause you'll have your pick to trade on draft night. 
Yeah. That could happen. Uh, get Buddy. F them picks. Less need, baby. Let's go. Buddy had seven threes tonight. Yes, he did. Would have been nice. Would have been nice. How many times? You know, KCP, by the way, I hope he's okay. Yeah. The injury that he suffered was a bit scary, but there were a few times KCP hits a three and it's just effortless. And the switch, the, the string music, you just go, oh man, that's what the Lakers need. All right, let's get into, I'm not doing awards tonight, but let's do that. Let's vent a little bit, a little bit more. Here we go. Master lock of the night. All right, Sean, what are you putting into the master lock from this game? There is no shortage of options here. Uh, Darvin Ham. Oh. Um, I think you're, you're the Darvin guy. Yeah. Um, I think I did Darvin last game. Maybe I think, um, and if I did, it was for the rotations and things like that. And the lineups for this game, it's the offense in like allowing a pickup basketball game to, to take place for a good 65% of the game. And then it'll be stretches where, you know, the Lakers ran like, legit four straight plays and a couple of the motion concept stuff right open look open look bucket 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 open look i'm not exaggerating this i tried it on everything not exaggerating it so just being consistent like hey why stop what worked like yeah who cares you got a couple baskets keep doing what's working keep going with your motion stuff keep going with your half court sets you have like 80 of them at this point if i if i uh, have kept uh track uh, correctly run those 80 freaking sets you've installed run your incredible motion four out one in motion flow offense stop allowing a pickup style basketball to to take place it's super aggravating and the offense is so clearly less efficient when they do that so darvin ham you're still my guy but four games in um like your rotation i thought they're a little bit better than that actually but you know gain this team to actually run the offense but um, Darvin Ham. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I I understand it, and especially from that perspective, um, this team does seem to find success when they run sets, and when they don't, when they just kind of freelance, well, they're they're not quite good enough to be able to do that. Uh, a lot of different things that I can master lock, a lot of different things, but I think ultimately, I'm gonna have to go with LeBron. Yeah, I mean, this was this was a game where you really needed LeBron to turn it on and go, and really make things happen from the opening tip, and he just didn't. He just coasted through, or it felt like he coasted mm-hmm. through a lot of this game. We saw some lackadaisical turnovers. This was not his best performance. Lackadaisical defense at times as well. Uh-huh. Um, LeBron did say, however, uh, he wasn't aggressive enough on a lot of his turnovers tonight. Some some careless turnovers on his part is actually how he described it. So. So fair moment there. Fair, fair, fair for LeBron to say that stuff. I'm glad to hear he, he you know, admitted it and said, yeah, you know, I wasn't good enough here. That's one thing that is nice about LeBron. He'll always just kind of own up to whatever the, the issues were if it was um, involving his game. Uh, Peanut Butter Badger said it's so hard watching Lakers games these days. Yeah, it absolutely is. It absolutely is. It, it's tough watching the team go through this, and I'm hoping that they can get back uh, to where we all want them to be, to where we would like to see them be, and that's, you know, winning basketball games. Uh, Xavier said, might as well keep Russ if our guys won't compete. A trade won't save this team. Again, that's that's the danger. 
What's the danger? Uh, Jonathan Rivera said, Beverly can't shoot under the Lakers spotlight. What's going on with Pat Bev? What do you think's happening there, Sean? It's so frustrating because I think he's doing some really good things defensively, but it gets erased immediately where it's it's a very specific play. I think LeBron drives and kicks out to the corner. One more pass. Pat Bev is all alone by himself. Good offense. And he just can't knock it down. It has happened literally every game. And it feels like it always happens like a pivotal moment in the game, too, where, like, you're making a run. You're trying to swing the momentum back in your favor. Pat Bev, you run a good run, run good offense. Pat Bev wide open. Um, so, you know, he, he's got to find his, his, his uh, shooting stroke right now. And you can say that about a lot of players, though. Yeah, tonight, six points, four boards, three assists, one steal, one of four shooting. Oh, uh, two, oh, for two from three for Patrick Beverly in this one. Wise one said Lakers defense being good is a myth. Uh, three games and small stretches aren't enough for statistics. I test shows they go through large stretches of horrible defense. I think that's not true. There, there have been a few times where they like they got a stop, but it was more the other opposing team just kind of missed a good look. Yeah. So I think there was some randomness to it, but that was one of our questions was, can they sustain this level of defensive efficiency tonight? They didn't do that. Yeah. You know, so I, and again, I, I think that they're going to have to hang their hat on defense, but I also think it wasn't just the rotations. Um, it was just the overall energy level of their defense tonight was not where it's been in the previous games, which is the danger of losing these games is that your defensive effort is going to drop as you continue to lose. Uh, this person said, super chat said, just want to say thank you to Trevor, Sean, and the rest of the Lakers nation team for being Aww. like our therapists over these last two, se- two seasons, your consistency and conversation in almost daily videos is a great release of stress. Thank you so much. That, uh, that me- really means a lot it. to me. It means a lot to all of us. Uh, Lakers nation appreciate it. I wish we didn't have to be a, a venting session of, of kind of taking out frustration, but you know, we're here when we when we need to be for that. When that needs to be the role, that's that's what we can do. So very much uh, appreciate the the kind words there. Um, SQR said, "I get that the front office could care if, that fans are going through it, but at what point do they start to wonder if they lose the locker room early? Four games in, and you can see it in LeBron's face. Do you think that was what was going on with LeBron? I think LeBron's hit a point where he looks around and he's like, these guys just don't have it." I think I, is it my bad for saying yeah? Like I'm, I was trying to word it in a different way. Like I think at a certain point, if LeBron doesn't know right now. Like perfect example, go back to that 2018 Cavs team, mm-hmm. right? They're definitely you know LeBron like looked at that team at some point during that season and was like, yeah, we're not winning a title with this team, or we're not competing at the best we can with this team, yeah. right? LeBron's a smart dude, so I'm I'm pretty sure, like, right now, he's like, okay, let's just keep trying and keep trying to build good happens and, and try starting to win games. But all in all, like, this team is currently constructed is not going to win titles, right? Yeah. Um, and he obviously hashtag the GM, that Cavs team. And that's why I think at some point, man, this team has to have a deal happen, again, because we've seen good stuff with – these uh with, with this team so far darius said is Owen seven really a possibility now yes Jeff beagle from dodger blue actually trolled me on that because of a comment i had in the past <laughs> uh 
Uh, this is another Russ stand saying, Stop LeBron James and his propaganda machine and the media can't blame Russ for the loss today. What really? le- what legitimate basketball analyst that wasn't yeah, just a, just a fan saying something was putting all of the blame on Russ? Trevor, who was like, doing that? Criticism of Russell Westbrook doesn't equate to everything is Russell Westbrook's fault, and yet people are making that that leap. I didn't see anybody who's a, a legit basketball analyst saying this is all on Russ. One hundred percent, this is on Russ. I don't think you can look at the shooting numbers. I don't think you can look at the rebounding numbers and say. That's all Russell Westbrook's fault. You can't. And we've been saying that for weeks. We've been so saying people that running to... around saying, see, it's not Russell's fault. No one was saying that. Somebody in the chat just said ESPN. Trevor said actual basketball analyst, guys. Look, ESPN does have, look, Zach Lowe is fantastic. A number of different places have. have ESPN's got plenty of analysts. But if you're looking at one of those debate shows, keep in mind, they're not giving you like legit, honest analysis. They're coming up with a point to argue and going back and forth for the sake of argument, for the sake of drama, for the sake of entertainment. They're not trying to present necessarily the most honest opinion, perspective. It's entertainment. That's what it is. And I think people just go a little bit too far and assume, oh, no, 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 this is top-notch level analysis. It's not, nor is it supposed to be. (laughs) Wembenyama is really going to be a pelican shaking my head. This could be a dark day. If that, if that happens, that would be awful. It, it, giving them a lottery pick period would be would be terrible for the Lakers. Uh, Braun and Ham killed us. Yeah, again, was not not happy with any, with either of them. Uh, Rye guy overall played better. Glaring, we needed a trade yesterday with shooting. Reeves, Gabriel, Russ, two first for Heald, Turner, Tice, and Brissett. Do it now. Uh, don't Yo, know if you... First off, that money doesn't add up. I don't think. Because the only reason why Tice was going to be thrown into that Russ deal initially was because of THT, and he was going to be in the deal. Uh, well, I mean, the Pacers can absorb salary. You might be sending back too much there. I know that's what I'm saying. I think the Pacers yeah. are sending back too much. Yeah, I'd have to look at, at the numbers. But, but bottom line. Like, if the Pacers called the Lakers tomorrow and said, hey, look, we're still willing to do the deal, two firsts for these two guys, are you doing it? Well, what, these guys for, like, this package? No, no, not not this. I'm talking about the the deal they almost did, which was Buddy Heald, Miles Turner, Russell Westbrook coming out from the Lakers, both first unprotected. Do you do the deal? Honestly, I think if either Charlotte, San Antonio, or Indiana's called me up with my preferred package from either one of those teams and said, Hey, look, a deal's a deal. Let's get it done right now. I'd probably say, yeah, you're, you're calling those other teams first and checking and saying, Hey, we're about to do something. If you had an eye towards using Russ's expiring contract to clear your books or anything like that, now's the time. Otherwise we're pulling the trigger on this. And I'm checking in with those other teams first before I pull that trigger on that. Yeah. Even, even if you don't like the, the Hornets or the Spurs deal, you know, more, Right. Just like good practice. Like, hey, you know, all right. I like this deal. Oh, we're about to wrap this up. All right, cool. Hey, Utah. I mean, San Antonio and uh, Charlotte before we make this deal happen. You know, any anything else, man? Or, you know. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's what you would have to do, because, again, I think that deal could help. But you know what? And this is something we need to talk more about. Not necessarily right now, but something we can dive into. What is Anthony Davis? 
Do the Lakers ideally want him at the four or do they ideally want him at the five? Is he a five right now? He's played all of his minutes at the five. Is that because that's where the Lakers want him? Or is that because Damian Jones and Thomas Bryant have either been injured or not quite good enough? What's the reason? If it's the latter, then a deal that brings you in a center makes more sense. If it's the former, that he's a five because that's where they think he's best, then okay. Then you're oh, all right with doing just, just go get wings and, and all of that. I think that matters. I think where they really want Anthony Davis matters in the decision-making process on a trade. I agree. And again, Spurs deal makes so much sense to me. If you can get Pertle, I don't even know that you can get Pertle. I mean, we've heard Josh Richardson. Sure. So uh, AD and Braun don't play aggressive enough. Oh, and seven start. Yeah. You need AD and LeBron have got to go from the opening tip. And I think AD did LeBron didn't in this one. Uh, Hustle said, can we trade Russ? None. Ryan one first unprotected and a couple of seconds for Josh. Doug, Pirtle, and then somehow get Reddish. If Pirtle's in the deal, I think both firsts are going to have to be in the deal from the Lakers because the Spurs are going to value Pirtle by himself as a first. Yeah. And then they're taking Ross and you're getting Josh Richardson and you're getting Doug McDermott. I I don't see you getting away with just doing one first on that deal. I'm not saying you should do it with both firsts, but I'm saying if I'm the Spurs, I'm wanting both. Yeah. If I'm doing that deal. And then, I mean, Cam Reddish, hypothetically, you could do, right, after, like, you'd have to wait. But, you know, Pat Bev for Cam Reddish and uh, Salary Filler could do that. So here's another comment advocating bringing in Carmelo Anthony, saying he wouldn't miss those shots. Yes, his defense is bad, but Matt Ryan isn't great defensively either. Why don't you guys want him back? Well, Carmelo Anthony is, like, literally incompetent defensively. Matt Ryan at least tries. I wouldn't say he's incompetent. He's incapable. He's smart. He knows what needs to happen on the defensive end of the floor. I just don't think at this stage he can move his feet to do those things. But I also think you're right. He's like, put him on this team. He's the best three-point shooter on the team, right? By far. By far. By far. With each game, it's, it's like you're thinking more about it, right? Just as they're so desperate to find somebody who can hit a three. So, but if you're Carmelo Anthony... Would you join this team? Uh, honestly, like you'd get minutes. Yeah, like, but aren't, but if you're Carmelo Anthony, if I'm him, you might I might be better off just waiting and just saying, let's see, somebody's gonna come calling uh, a title team. Maybe will come calling in December and January. Somebody gets hurt, and I can jump in and maybe make a playoff run. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, Digital Snowflake said, buy Pop some nice wine and get her done. So so you just have to wine and dine Pop? Man, well, this uh, this is um, a little bit of, a, of an aside. So a guy that I played fantasy basketball with like forever um, runs, and I know him through fantasy basketball, uh, runs a winery in Oregon. And I actually went up there and, and visited him. My wife and I took a trip to Oregon like, gosh, it was almost 10 years ago now. It was like eight years ago. And we went and visited the winery and all that. And it's fantastic. And sure enough, Greg Popovich really loves the wine from that place. He's gone there. Uh, he's a big wine aficionado. And, and so he's been there. So I need to call up my buddy is what you're saying and get him to ship more wine to Greg Popovich and then see if we can kind of make something work. 
I, I need to use this connection and see if there's some way I can I can benefit the Lakers with it. I think Trevor might get the master lock of the night for not already calling the guy. If I was if I were you, Trevor, I would like let me do the super chats and go call him right now. What are you doing? <laughs> I'll I'll have to see what what I can do. Um, we'll do a few more. This one said the Lakers don't have enough NBA players. He might not be wrong. Yeah, I mean that's that is kind of the. It's hard to walk away from this game tonight without having that impression. That's for sure. Uh, T two runner said you might have covered this, Trev, but I didn't see it. I made a comment on the last game about how we passed on DeRozan and Caruso. That hurts more now. Broussard said LeBron's having stats, but not making an actual impact. Thoughts on that? Another debate show. Yeah, I mean, look, I think tonight was a night where LeBron had stats, but didn't make an impact. Sure. This was an example of that. But in general, I wouldn't say that's true of LeBron. Yes, I agree. Okay. Uh, Passing on DeRozan and Caruso. You know, I don't know. I, I don't have the numbers right in front of me. One of the benefits of getting Russ was supposed to be that they could keep Caruso. They could keep THT. They, there was no hard cap. Yeah. DeRozan would have triggered a hard cap, which would have made it much more difficult to keep Caruso. I don't know if it would have been impossible. Again, I don't have the numbers in front of me. But that was part of the thought process was, okay, the, one of the, the positives about doing a Russell Westbrook trade as opposed to doing a DeMar DeRozan trade is DeRozan would have to be signed and traded, which triggers a hard cap. Westbrook would not. So you could keep THT, you could keep Caruso, you just have to be willing to pay. The Lakers took that benefit, that positive, and said, pass. No, thank you. We don't want the advantage of being able to keep our solid role player who totally fits and is everything that we need. Instead, we're going to, no, we don't want to spend on that. That was their decision. With DeRozan, that decision might have been taken out of their hands. Now, in hindsight, knowing that they were going to pass on having that advantage anyway... I mean, yeah, that, that hurts. Yeah. Uh, a few more. Palenka waiting to see on AD's health for a trade, maybe? I mean, we know that's something that... Um, matters. Yeah. Uh, Wade said, I sent a 799 chat, as but blank, and as I didn't know how. Well, I apologize for that. Hopefully, you just chime in with, an, with another one. We'll see if we can uh, read it. Just throw something in. I'll see if I can find that one. Uh, Maher said, I blame Will Smith. Uh, from personal experience, Trevor, not very many Will Smiths are uh, good people. I'm joking. This Will Smith is perfectly fine. Yeah. Will Smith went and talked to the Lakers. Um, he didn't I don't know. The, the Lakers fire. like bringing in people from different ind- industries and everything like that. And um, so they brought in Will Smith to talk to the team. Maybe it didn't work. He didn't have the same fire and intensity as he did uh, when he was at the Oscars. I was going to say, the Lakers did look a little stunned tonight. <laughs> Black Panther. Well said, Trevor. I've been at, See, this is how far behind I am in the, in the chat right now. Said, well said, Trevor. I've been a diehard Lakers fan since the 80s and always will be no matter how they do. He's referring to my, uh, my rant from earlier about why you still support this team and all of that. Um, I appreciate that. Uh, I'm right there with you. I've been the same since the since the '80s. Been around since since the good old days of Showtime, and uh, and yeah, I mean, there's no there's no turning away at, at this point. That's for sure. Nope. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants. 
they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Uh, let's see. This one says, the best stretches were without Westbrook. Did you forget how bad the Lakers lost to Portland uh, with their D-League lineup without Dame? What best stretches were without Westbrook? This is referring to a comment I made earlier about how I said the best the Lakers have looked better on in games without Russell Westbrook, which is a fact. The yeah. run they made against the Clippers was without Russell Westbrook. No matter who was on the floor, it was without Russell Westbrook. Darvin Ham put Russ back in. They lose the fourth quarter league because Zubach now is guarding Russ. Same exact thing. Fourth quarter against Portland. Third quarter against Portland. The big run that they made at the end of the third in the first six or so minutes of the fourth was without Russell Westbrook on the floor. That's all I said. I didn't, it doesn't matter who's on the floor or not. It could be Damian Lillard. It could be Steph Curry and Michael Jordan on the floor. It doesn't matter who. They made the best stretches have been without Russ, and that is a fact. All right. Yeah, I mean, picking one. That game was a disaster, by the way. That game from last season. But I had repressed it until you reminded me. Oh, you're talking about that game. Oh, Thank my you. bad. Whoops. D. Bonner said, how about we get a video talking about the Lakers' problems collectively and not just one player moving forward? Too much focus is on Russ when we as a ball club have many issues. So I agree with that. I agree with that the, the fact that the Lakers have a lot more problems than just Russell Westbrook. But yes. why does the conversation always go back to Russell Westbrook? Is it because Russ has so many detractors or, or whatever? Is it because he's the, the main problem? I don't think so. He does have detractors, but I, I've talked about it a bunch. I've spent multiple podcasts this week talking about the Lakers shooting, the Lakers issues rebounding, talking about how it's not just Russell Westbrook. The problem is it's hard to have a conversation about the Lakers problems without involving Russell Westbrook because his contract and trading that contract is, is most likely going to be your only shot at solving those problems. So it's hard to talk about those problems without referencing the what could be the potential solution to them or the only shot really at a solution, it's Russell Westbrook. If they had like six guys on the roster making $10 million each or something, we'd be talking about a lot of other trades they could do, a lot of other things that they could try to figure out. If they had a bunch more draft picks, we could talk about a lot of different stuff here. Um, if they didn't have a, a pick swap this year, if they owned all their future picks, all of those variables would change the discussion. But right now, it's hard to have a conversation about the Lakers' problems without including Russ, even while admitting that it's not just him because the solution leads you right back to Russ and his contract. Yeah. Or the potential. I don't want to say it is a solution. The potential solution. Who knows? You could make things even worse if you make a trade and you don't solve the problems. Uh, Byron Barlow. Rob Palenka is a nincompoop. You don't hear that word as much anymore nincompoop that that that's taking me back to the days trev that's a good one yeah i need to start using that more casually just in, in everyday conversation uh he really he said it's a guards league he did yeah he did he did he did say that unfortunately do you think this team could be good in a different era in an era where nobody cares about three-point shooting <laughs> 
it is acceptable to shoot 28% 1979. Maybe. I don't know. Yeah. When did the three-point line come into play? What was the year? I don't know it off the top of my head. Uh, I deny it either. We have Google is our friend. Hey, I got it right. It was 1979. There we go, Trev. Look at that. I, I just kind of, I knew about when and took a shot with that. I got it. I'm good, I guess. Alicia, will y'all finally hold LeBron accountable or y'all still hold him over at the Lakers? He got He's my master lock tonight. He was not good tonight. There you go. Just for you, Alicia. Canadian conservative said the rust stands don't get it. Even when he sits, he still hurts the team with neither nearly 50 million, not on the court. Yeah. I mean that, that those resources, that, that $47 million that you've allocated towards Russ, that should be going towards a couple of wing players who can knock in some threes should be going to a big, it should be going to other things that you're not getting. That's, and that's why we say, you know, his contract could be the solution. If you're able to turn that $47 million into a couple of wing players and a big or a, a one wing player and a bit, whatever it is, you turn that into other stuff. And that could be your, the solution to your problem. But the issue is you're going to have to give up some sort of value in future picks in order to do it. And, and again, the reason why, because I do understand some fan frustration it's why we spend a, a lot of time talking about Russell Westbrook trades, right? And in, there are some days where it is it does get a little bit frustrating to even talk about them as much as we do because sure. there's times we want to talk about the Encore product. But the reason why we talk about it so much is, and why we talk about Russ specifically in these trades is because he's the only guy that has the contract that can be used in a deal to go get players that this team needs. So, like, it's not like we're – haters of russell westbrook i was actually a fan of russell westbrook's game before he got to la i still support him because he's on my team but that's why we talk about Russ trade so much right and if you and we also make it very very clear we try to at least that it is not russell westbrook's fault completely uh last season wasn't and it's not for this year either ron isn't a superstar okay yeah, that I no comment there. Uh, Anthony said Russ was right all along. Pat Bev tricked us. Tricked us with the shooting, sure. <laughs> well, Russ's argument was that Pat Bev is the kind of guy who does a lot of things, makes a lot, moves a lot on the court, and makes it look like he's playing aggressive defense, but isn't actually all that effective at de defense. That was the point Russ made years ago about Patrick Beverly. But that was back when the two of them, I, I don't want to say they hated each other, but they they didn't like each other, right? Um, that was the, the comment from Russ and I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. We, I, I've seen some good things defensively from Pat, but I need to see that offense get going, but you can say that for pretty much everybody on the team. Yeah. Uh, Zay who said the Westbrook trade ruined LeBron's last good years. I mean, keep in mind, LeBron was part of the Westbrook trade. He was one of the ones advocating for it. Um, that may end up being accurate. It might. It was the case last season, I think. Um, and again, that's not Russell Westbrook himself, but the Lakers made the decision to trade for him. They made the decision to give up all these pieces to go get him, and it has not worked. It's been a disaster. There's no question. And that's Man. not saying the blame is on Russ. The Lakers made the decision to go make that trade. Not saying Russ is blameless in the situation either. He's certainly not. But that's you know maybe the, the most frustrating thing is they brought this on themselves. 
they did this to themselves. It's not like it's not like they had a star player and that player went and got hurt, and then they didn't have them anymore. Yeah, and so they they slid down in the standings or something. They actively sought out this situation. It's just like all avoidable mistakes. Like that's also what makes it so frustrating. Not only that they did it to themselves, it's all avoidable mistakes that were all like, okay, let's you know go do it. I don't know a buddy heel trade, right? That's the trade you make. Right, although you're part of ways with Kuz, get this team in our shoot or whatever, or run it back, literally. Um, but you know, they had to go make a rush trade. All right, I think we're going to call it a night there. Those of you who submitted super chats that didn't get your super chat read yet, because I am still behind in them, I will add them into our podcast. So don't worry, that is still still coming. I will um, address those questions. Appreciate you guys for all of the questions and comments that have been coming in. There were a lot of good ones. I know there's a lot of frustration out there. I know it's it's hard to watch the team lose like this. It's hard to watch them play like this. We're here for you. Hopefully there will, there will be better days ahead. Um, but we're all going through this together. Shared experience. Here we go. Thanks, everybody, for joining us. Make sure you are subscribing to the Lakers Nation YouTube channel. Till next time, stay safe and see ya. Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware.